0: Welcome everyone to the Armchair Booker's Podcast. I am your host, Joshua Joslin. It is great to be talking wrestling. In this episode, I'm going to recap... What is happening in AEW and WWE? Also, I will answer the fan question, What separates the eras of wrestling? So, that's going to be fun. It's going to be a brief recap of, of several different eras that are, uh, are fun to talk about and, and, and things like that. So, I will put a pin. I'll answer that towards the end. So, with that being said, let's hop into what is happening in AEW. The AEW Grand Slam Eliminator Eliminator Tournament has now uh, settled into the finals: Samoa Joe versus Roderick Strong. I'm digging that because uh, they are integral parts. They're not integral; they're peripheral, with with a uh, touch of becoming very important in the storyline uh, involving MJF and Adam Cole, which is probably uh, you know one B. To the bloodline, bloodline still has me hooked. Uh, but in terms of best storyline, MJF and Adam Cole, their partnership slash competitive friendship, you know, it's it's really uh, it's really really fun to watch what they have going on. So uh, Samoa Joe and Robert Strong be involved in the finals uh, of who you know whoever wins is going to go on to face MJF for uh, for a shot at the title. Um, I I really really like it because it expands three different stories right it uh you get the number one contender out of this match you get Samoa Joe who if he wins who's already uh stepped face to face with MJF had a lot to say which uh typically ended with him calling MJF kid MJF is not a fan of that uh he tapped into um some some past memories which I enjoy from MJF uh, but Smojo stuck with him as a vet that he is and I think played a perfect part in, um, you know, a possible uh, challenger to MJF. Roderick Strong uh, involved more with Adam Cole and his past relationship. He's tapped into that in a lot of promos and a lot of, uh, um, you know, calling out Adam Cole and, and uh, specifically Adam Cole and his relationship with MJF. So, if Roderick Strong wins, you have, I know, uh, you know, um, a torn Adam Cole between long-term best friend and new best friend, and I think that uh, Adam Cole has shown his allegiance more towards MJF, so that would show, a, a, I think, bring out a, a, an even more vicious side of Roderick Strong, and I think we're getting that more and more, and I think that taps into a personality um, that we didn't really get to see in NXT. Um You know, unfortunately, he was he tended he tended to be a secondary or third car, uh, uh, third even um, in the in the couple factions that he was in. He comes off as a bit bland, but I think AEW is is tap like I said, tapping into um some uh some personality behind Roderick Strong and what he's talking about is not wrong. You know, it the reality era, We'll talk about that later. It's based on real things that we've heard and, and read about, dirt sheets, true or not, um, things that have been out there. So he comes out and he dresses those, and uh, that, that adds layers to a story, um, especially when you know the story is about involving two people that you know for a fact are friends outside of the ring and have been for years and years and years. So Roderick Strong winning that, that match adds layers to the best story that AEW has going the MJF and uh, Adam Cole partnership, they are better than you are, baby. I love that. Um, I think they're doing great work. And again, no matter who wins this match, there's going to be things that, that come, come with it. And I think both men, win or lose, um, will find a way to be in the peripheral or directly involved in, uh, you know, in the MJF and Adam Cole storyline going forward. Um, let's go on to, uh, Jade Cargill, making her return to, quote unquote, save Chris Statlander. Then, uh, the, the saving didn't, uh, go for very long. Uh, Jade did attack Statlander, laid her out, made her presence known. The TBS Championship has its newest contender. Its previous owner, excuse me, I think maybe before Statlander. I don't have the order in in uh in in my mind as to who won when but i know that jade was the longest running champion uh the tbs champion so uh her versus that lane is gonna be physical both ladies can really throw throw hit throw elbows throw the shoulders um so that's gonna be really fun to watch um the unfortunate part is that the tbs championship gets way more shine than the aw women's championship um you know, you have a, a legit storyline built around um, Jade and how she lost the title when she was, you know, her first loss was losing that title. Uh, Statlander, not only coming back from injuries, but being the champ. Um, I think there's a lot of great story to tell there because both women can can do great things to um, to advan- uh, advance the story in and out of the ring. Uh, but the women's title uh, ends up being in a triple, uh, a three-on-three match, random three-on-three match between the women. It shouldn't work that way. And, and WWE is not perfect at that. This is not a comparison. This is straight up as an entertainment perspective from a fan. Um, that's not quite how it's supposed to go. Um, we kind of see it in Raw. You know what, I'll go, I'll, I'll balance it so I'm not getting, you know, too much, too many uh, angry rolled eyes. They kind of have done that with the WWE Championship that's on Seth Rollins. The Heavyweight Championship, I, I think it's called. <laughs> uh, the the uh, Intercontinental title has taken a little bit more prestige and, and main event, even. Um, but rightfully so. That, that title is hot. The storyline is hot. You roll with what is hot. This is a storyline that is fresh and brand new. So it's not like it's been building and has overtaken the women's title. They've, you know, they've pur- purposely put more, um, more attention on the TBS championship, why didn't Jade come back for the the women's title, like, she's already had the TBS championship, she already was undefeated for however long, but, you know, that's, uh, that's the, the knock on that, but I am excited to see Jade back, she's pretty, uh, she's developing some pretty decent ring skills, and, uh, you know, her character will continue to add layers, and I'm a fan, no fan, uh, Sammy versus Jericho, I am a huge fan. I'm very, very excited to see that match. Um, this has been really a multi-year, slow-burn story. Jericho, um, brought, uh, you know, endorsed Sami from episode, you know, from the first episode or within the first handful of episodes, um, and they've been semi-attached since then. For good and for bad, I think that there's parts of, of their allegiance that, um, held Sami back in certain respects, uh... But that's growing pains for things. Sammy didn't put himself in a great position to have a steady you know, main event build right off the bat. I don't think that would have gotten there. I, I still don't think he would have been there at this point no matter what. But, however, um, his mistakes are not. Jericho has put a lot of time in supporting Sammy. Um, and I think rightfully so. I'm not a fan of Sammy, but that was that's the point. He's a great I-don't-like-you heel. Dominic Mysterio, put a pin in him. Going to talk about him later. I put them in the same category-ish. Dom gets way really more heat, just saying. But especially now, because Jericho, um, you know, it seems to be... I don't know. I don't know how this one is going to go with the fans in terms of, like, reaction-wise. I think everybody's excited, but reaction-wise, I'm, I'm curious what's going to happen. Um, and then to get into, just, you know, to end it with a little bit of dirt with AEW, um, Jack Perry is getting ripped ooh, by uh, by people. Um, I think Billy Ray said that he would have just whooped uh Jack Perry back in the day. That's what would happen to him. Eric Bischoff flamed him. Ooh boy. I'm not even gonna repeat some of the things that he said. Wrestling Inc. has an interview with Eric Bischoff where he goes in on Jack Perry. So uh check that out if you want the dirt. Uh CM Punk, of course, is still floating around. Probably, you know, probably even more so than he would be if he didn't beat somebody up backstage. Um so Where's he going? What's he going to do? He's coming back to the WWE, this, that, the other. I don't know, but to be honest with you, I'm not huge into caring right now, because anything that's going to happen would be, if it comes back to WWE, it would be based around a big, um, a big pay-per-view, and the next one would be really uh, Royal Rumble. So, we'll see what happens closer to that. I don't want this to dominate the headlines, so I am going to move on from it, and Hopefully, only comment on it again when there's something actual happening. Over to WWE. Now, look. That, that is a short review of what's been happening in AEW. Um, AEW and WWE are both rebuilding storylines and advancing storylines onto their next big PLE slash pay-per-views. So, um, I know that I skipped things. But these were the things that I it's kind of stuck out for, uh, for me. Um, if you think I missed something important, let me know. Leave me a comment, leave me a you know a comment really <laughs> that's what I got uh moving on to w w e again a um, an abbreviated uh um, look into what's happened this week, so I'm gonna jump around a bit show to show, uh, but the things that stick out to me um I'm gonna skip down my list actually I wanna make sure I do this in a good order. uh stick with shotzi. Um, I think that she has character layers that have not been entirely shown I think that she uh you know with the vignettes they're on to a good pace but then she kind of disappeared from all that and they they put all the attention on Eo, which should have happened and did great awesome I love that um and then Shotzi kind of just shows back up again I would hope to see a little bit more of uh, the vignettes again, you know, teasing her arrival, but um, hopefully they stick with her and Bailey. I think the two of them could really do amazing things in the ring. Bailey has um, been a, a great, great uh, character to be. Great, you know. Look, Bailey has done an amazing job. There we go. Uh, of being able to remove herself, being the main shine, and really helping the wrestler next to her get over. She's great at it. I can't wait for it to flip on e o um but Bailey stepping in with shotzi is a great chance to put shotzi into you know the higher uh hi- higher up on the card. um I'm curious what's gonna happen with Bianca and charlotte um Oscar I'm just going to right into the I was gonna save it, but Oscar stepping up against e o oh my god, that's a dream match upon dream match. But it feels rushed. This is a big pay-per-view dream match, um, and I do not uh, oversell that. Legitimately, this should be. This should tap into their history with each other. Tag. They have been tag team partners way back. They've come up in the same companies. They've wrestled outside of WWE, inside WWE. Um, you know, this is this is don't just jump into it with a ple make it a big event um so we shall see jury's out on where that's really going to go but i pray that it goes um goes to a good place for for both women specifically eo because asuka is over over and i think they can continue to put her in good places uh to get the frame reactions that are needed in in that place um Let's move over to Seth and Shinsuke. I like that that storyline is continuing. I don't think that Shinsuke is, is coming out with the belt at this point. Um, with Seth uh, winning the first one, I think that was the the chance for Shinsuke to take it. But I am excited to see where it goes. Um, you know, Seth is continues to play up the injury angle. I feel like that has to go somewhere and go somewhere, you know, within the next big match or two. Otherwise, like, he's just going to miraculously be healed. And, and still not lose like if you're going to play into it you got to show the next step of that story um otherwise it's like okay you can't be that hurt you keep doing these things um i would love for shinsuke to take the belt um it's still possible i could still see him winning the second coming out in the third really being you know overly aggressive and just breaking seth seth takes time off comes back at royal rumble we go from there i think i mentioned it in an episode or two ago uh My predictions episode. That's where it was. Um, I we still could see that. I'm just not hopeful. We shall. We shall see. Um, I would love for it to happen. Judgment Day has taken over. They have belts. Um, I don't want them to be overdone. There's layers to what they can present. But uh, beyond the tension between Baylor and Priest, who now have the belts together and seem to be able to move past it, at least for the time being. Where's the next story that's going to involve them within them? That's where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a bit curious because I don't see Priest. Oh, you know what? Hmm. Prince, uh, Priest versus Jumping In where Shinsuke and Seth. Hmm. going to save that. But Judgment Day taking over, I am enjoying it. Um Dominic, whoo, Dominic Mysterio is hated. They didn't even, the crowd didn't give him a chance to speak at all. They tried to show, like, they tried to give other ways to get the crowd to, to at least give a moment for Dominic to get into it. just didn't happen. They booed him out of the stadium, out of the city, into the next city. That was, he's getting incredible reactions. I do not think that it's go away Xbox style heat. I think that it's legitimate um he is fully over as a heel heat. Uh, I love it. He's obnoxious. He's doing what he has to do. His character has developed to I forget. I can't say I forget, but I can separate Mysterio, the Rey Mysterio dad from the Dominic Mysterio wrestler. So, uh he's doing what he has to do for me in my opinion. Um moving on to uh the let's see what's in my notes. What's next for Cody? And I go to that because he's going to lead into what I have after directly into what I have after. Anyway, what's next for Cody? I'm curious. He did tease a um, a trade, a compensation pick for SmackDown because he announced that Jey Uso is now part of the Raw roster. Um, the fact that, that Cody announced them, they had a nice face-off as they were crossing each other on, on the, the ramp, but they also made sure that to mention at a later point that uh, SmackDown would get compensation for Jey Uso moving over to Raw. All, all signs would point to Cody because that would be a more direct line to Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't, I don't mind that it, it would be an obvious route. I really, really don't. I don't want to see Cody win the Rumble again. So this would be a way for him to still lead directly to Roman without having to win the Rumble again. Um, i like the Rumble to be somebody new that can challenge Seth. Cody already has a, uh, has established his, his shot at Roman. Something along those lines, but we'll see. Um, whatever is next, I'm sure people are going to be very excited. I am big on Cody right now, so I am excited to see what is next. Um, Jay can lead to a significant amount of storylines, um, a lot of different things that they could do and, and develop, uh, behind Jay. I'm excited to see that, including a run at Seth. Hmm. Royal Rumble. Hmm. Well, I mean, he would go over to Roman. Ignore that, erase that. Just saying Jay has a lot of opportunities on the Royal roster to do big things. Main event Jay hopefully is the character that we're going to really make sure that we see, on Raw, um, he's going to do big things. I'm going to end the WWE recap with Gunther versus Gable. I'm going to say a handful of things quickly. Go watch the match. Gable should get the belt at some point. Gunther has beaten the record and has done so in such a dominant, amazing fashion that him losing the belt does nothing to him at all. Um, he is next in line for he could be should be once he drops the belt next in line against Seth. He should take the belt from Seth. There we go. If you're not going to give it the shin, Gunther's next. Because him losing the belt to to Gable doesn't hurt Gunther. Shines up Gable. He deserves it. He's earned it. He's done just such great things through his entire WWE career. Whatever they've given him, he's run with. Shorty G. Let's forget it, but let's not forget it. But now let's forget it again. Um, you know, the shush. It's funny it's over. But now, you know, it's past that with with what he's done with Gunther. Like, Gable deserves... Bigger matches, bigger shine. He deserves the belt. I think that would be great. We'll see if that happens. Um, but Gable should continue to be in that upper mid-card moving forward. All right. Now on to the question of the week. Asked by my friend Noah Lewis. Thank you for the support, Noah. Uh, Noah asks, what separates the different eras in wrestling? So skipping the origins of professional wrestling, such as you know, the Carney era and the original you know, established um professional wrestling as a um as a uh, actual wrestling match you know as as shoot although they were works um so i'm going to start with the territory era um again this is very abbreviated as i move through these eras i'm going to talk about you know what they were what they kind of established at the time how they you know some some superstars of that era because uh, i encourage you to if you don't know the name of anybody i list moving forward Check them out. I'm mentioning them for a reason. They are great, amazing wrestlers. And each era, just Google the era and see what they, uh, you know, top five wrestlers and read about them. So let's start with the National Wrestling Alliance era, the NWA. Um, during this time, uh, the wrestling was about territories. So they were, um, the country was basically split all the way up into Canada and they've been into Mexico, Puerto Rico. Um, they were all split into different territories that were owned by a specific promotion, by a specific promoter. You had Davy Crockett promotions. You had Mounty, uh, Mounty uh, Smoky Mountain, excuse me, Smoky Mountain. You had uh, promotions uh, down south, uh, Midwest, pretty uh, up in Canada. Stampede Wrestling from the Hearts all over the country, up into Canada, like I said, down to Mexico and Puerto Rico. Um, During this time, uh, the belts were established belts. There was an NWA champion. That champion traveled to different territories throughout the country, like I said, um, and would wrestle, uh, defend that belt. It was a great, great um, time for promoting wrestling as an event as something very special like you you have to go see this otherwise you might not get to see it again so you had you know champions like harley race rick flair loose luthes dusty Rhodes, buddy rogers uh they were all champions coming through you had bobo brazil you had an endless amount of wrestlers who traveled the country selling their characters selling their brand and um showing that they were the best in uh you know the the you know the Canada, America, Mexico, and Puerto Rico. Uh, they had the belt that people wanted, the tag team belt that people wanted, the heavyweight belt people wanted. Um, so that started to expand, and then kind of, you know, focus in on one specific family, the McMahon era. So the McMahon era, they left uh, Vincent Vince McMahon Sr. left the NWA changed his promotion now his promotion is northeast which was kind of shy uh uh, frowned upon wrestling in the northeast um it was a southern wrestling um you know that was what people viewed it as this was wrestling with some more entertainment you know um superfly uh jimmy jumping off cages you had um super superstar billy graham superstar the birth of the wwe superstar what do we call them superstars where did Where do you think it came from? But uh, you know that established wrestling, the wrestling mecca being Madison Square Garden, Bruno Sammartino. Uh, he started to began started to see opportunities to bring stars away and put it into his company. At that point, territories started to look at WWWF as as a um, as an outlaw company, as a direct competitor, and things got even uh, you know a little bit more hectic. A little bit more frustrating once Vincent Kennedy McMahon took over, bought the company from uh, his, his father, renamed the company WWF, um, uh, now we know it's WWE, so I'll refer to it as WWE. Vincent Kennedy McMahon introduces, introduces us to the Golden Era, um, he expanded on the TV rights that started to develop during the uh, NWA era um he brought episodic episodic tv uh wrestling um you know saturday night main, uh, saturday main event pay-per-view started to become something special that he really um put big cards together big promotion together this was um about characters that were bigger than life bigger even than than Bruno because now we are talking nationwide right they weren't territory specific Vince brought in uh, a nationwide television market, started connecting to everywhere. And then who came to uh, WWE at that point? Everybody from all the territories. So this was the time where the territories started to shudder. Some people consider it a very dark time, but it is the evolution of wrestling. It brought us Hulkamania, rock and wrestling. Hulk Hogan had his own cartoon show with uh, Cindy Lauper. That was, uh, um, Mr. T was on it, a whole bunch of, it was a great cartoon. Uh, how do you feel about Hulk now, notwithstanding? During the time, he was bigger than big. Savage, Andre the Giant, Ultimate Warrior, Ted DiBiase, Junkyard Dog, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. These are the, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, these were the gentlemen that started to, um, they were on the uh, the build up at this point. And they shifted us into the new era of wrestling. Um, the new era, uh, you know, was, uh, was bumpy for WWE. WWE, uh, WCW started to pump up at this point, started to uh, restock their, their roster. So during the golden era, uh, excuse me, sort of the, the new generation era, WWE committed to gimmicks and youth. So Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, Yokozuna started to take front stage. We brought over Lex Luger, Um, the Lex Express, no, Uh, but we started to put focus on some some of the wrestlers that had been in the company and were not main eventers, but now that Hulk left, now that we had um, Savage, we had some big older names move over to uh, WCW. This opened up a lot of opportunity for WWE to establish new wrestlers, but beyond Hart, Michaels, Taker. we had Papa Shango, who was a voodoo wrestler. Charles Wright, Wright who became the godfather. Luckily, Gobbledy Gooker who was... Oh, Hunter Guer- Guerrero. Sorry about that, dude. Repo Man, who literally came out and stole things, um, repoed things. Samba Simba, unfortunately, was Teddy Atlas. Teddy Atlas came out with a head uh, lion headdress. It was, it was awful. Um, I'm going to move through the Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression Era, PG Era a little bit quicker. Attitude Era, these, these eras were a little bit more uh, well-known. Uh, Attitude Era was blood, violence, sexualized, you know, the women. Um, it was about character and promo more than wrestler. You had The Undertaker, uh, again, uh, evolving Stone Cold, DX, NWO, The Rock. You had Mr. McMahon. Vincent Kennedy McMahon became Vince. Uh, Mr. McMahon. Became one of the greatest heels in wrestling history. Yeah, had Mick Foley doing amazing hardcore things. You had China. You had uh, The Cat, Sable, Jacqueline. Uh, they were the, the women who could re- uh, Some of them could wrestle, but most of them were involved in uh, brown panty matches. Not things that were phenomenal. You had The Nation of Domination, which was, uh, I think, one of the most underrated stables. But a lot of stables were established in the Attitude Era. Ruthless Ruthless Aggression Era really built where we are now. Um, It moved away from the -the over-the-top gimmicks, uh, committed more to developing the the new stars. Similar to the new era, uh, but we did have some some great holdovers from um, the Attitude Era. We had Triple H, Jericho, who came in kind of towards the end of Attitude Era. Uh, The Rock was still kind of around um, on a part-time basis for the most part. Stone Cold, same thing. We saw the rise of Kurt Angle, Edge, Batista, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Rey Mysterio... Booker T, uh, we started to see better wrestling from the women a little bit more time. We had Lita, Beth Phoenix, Melina, Michelle McCool. Trish Stratus was kind of in between Attitude Era, Ruthless Regression. Uh, Wrestling became a little bit more to the forefront, which was nice. Storytelling as a whole kind of stepped back, in my opinion. I started to lose interest around that time, unfortunately. That brings us into the PG Era, uh, John Cena, that's really what I have to say for that. But program uh moved to a very clean content, no cursing, very family friendly, no blood, no um, no headshots. Thankfully, thankfully, no headshots. i have been against those for, for years. Uh but like I said, John Cena dominated. Uh you had Randy Orton continue to blossom after a Ruthless Aggression Era, Edge, Batista. You had women stepping in who had legitimate wrestling ability. You had AJ Lee, you had Paige, uh, CM Punk came into the scene for wwe around this time and uh you know had some opportunities to push the envelope and we saw where things kind of went the reality era is where we are now social media grew the brand um wrestlers became more you know especially on the indie circuit became more um more individualized brands you know they, they had an opportunity to market themselves to uh promotions across the world and i think that that saw a rise in wrestling ability um which created a rise in legitimate wrestling options we have AEW, we have mlw we have new japan being more known in the uh, in the u.s triple a obviously wwe we have great promotions across uh, across the country North, South, East, West uh, offering the best wrestling that we've ever seen. Um, Amazing characters. So, it's been really cool. Uh, More acrobatic style movesets. So, the wrestling has been, you know, there's there's fans for, there's uh, fans, you know, uh, anger against. Um, There's more opportunity for shoot slash work stories because again social media gives that opportunity to blend like oh wow they're really getting at each other it's just for a story down the road uh so it's offered a lot of really cool things for the storytelling aspect of wrestling so i'm a fan i think that the work in the ring needs to kind of get under control sell more uh establish finishing moves that end a match um you know but we'll see how things go um All right. Next week, I'll be sticking with uh, some AEW and WWE coverage. Obviously, if anything pops up that is big, I'll make sure I mention slash talk about for an entire episode if it's huge. Uh, But before I let you you leave, don't forget, while you wait for my newest episode to drop, you can find previous content such as interviews and old episodes with new content on the way, YouTube, uh, Facebook, TikTok instagram like follow subscribe immediately set uh set your downloading on your podcast to download this podcast uh shout out to john kiernan my producer and the amazing artist behind my theme into the fire featuring mont easy john kiernan music check him out on all platforms he's got big things on the way uh you can find uh my theme into the fire on itunes Plus the rest of John Kiernan Music's music. Thanks again. And with that being said, John, throw me into the fire that is Wrestling Podcast. Baby.